Hey, this is Pastor Michael Alfaro from The Calling Church. I'm so excited that you're listening to our church podcast. I pray that it blesses you and encourages your faith. The title of my message today is, is this. Thank you, Billy. I appreciate it. The title of my message is, If God is in it, it will succeed. If God is in it, it will succeed. Or you can say it like this. If God is with me, I will succeed. All right, say it with me. Say, if God is with me. All right, I'll say it first. You go, because we're a little, like, uncoordinated. <laughs> say, if God is with me, I will succeed. Say this. If God is in it, it will succeed. Let me tell you why. Because failure and God hardly go in the same sentence. Failure and God hardly go in the same sentence. And let me tell you, if you fail a time or two, failure is never final. Maybe you've gotten divorced. Maybe a business failed. Maybe you failed in an area, a moral area of your life. Let me tell you, failure is never final. God is not holding that over you, but a lot of times we hold that over ourselves. Failure is not final. And if God is in it, it will succeed. God is a redeemer. And even if you fail, God can redeem your life. God can redeem the situation. God can redeem your anointing. God can redeem your your business. God can redeem your, your, your calling in the name of God. Of Jesus. Come on, somebody, you out there. If God is in it, it will succeed. If God is with me, I will succeed. If, uh, uh, if God is for me, then who can stand against me in the name of Jesus? Let me just say this, and it's not in my notes, but I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to give you some sustenance today. Let me tell you, a lot of Christians, they say this, they do believe God is for them. But watch this, let me newsflash boo boo, okay? Let me tell you. Many are the plans of a man's heart, but it is the Lord who establishes them. Let me tell you, God loves you and cares about you, and he knows the desires of your heart. But watch this. God got the sovereign plan for the nations. God got the sovereign plan for all of eternity, and your life will be blessed when you get behind that plan. Come on, somebody. God ain't going to get behind your plan unless it's aligned, aligned to his plan. Come on, somebody. God does care about the desires of our heart. God cares about uh, the, our wishes, so to speak, and our dreams. But let me tell you, the blessed life is when you realize who you are in comparison to the author of all life, the creator of all creation. Your, ble- your life will be blessed when you get an alignment with his plan. Oh, come on, somebody. God will bless his plans. Let me tell you, his plans are already blessed. Let me tell you, where do we need to get an alignment in according with God's plan? Oh, come on, someone. You out there. A lot of Christians, they do the opposite. They throw God on like a backpack and they say, God, bless my plan. And God will tag along for a little while until he makes you realize your plan is this big. (laughs) Okay. I love you, but it's time to get in alignment. Come on, someone. You out there in the name of Jesus. January 25th, 1736. January 25th, 1736. You're like, what? Why is that that year? That's a long time ago. Yes, before America was a nation, all right, the colonies. A young man from England, all right, a very young man from England, along with some other sojourners and travelers, got onto an old, you know, one of those old colonial ships traveling from England to the New World, to the New Americas. And on this journey, like we're all on, we're on a journey of life. This man was on this journey to the Americas, and all of a sudden, in the middle of the Atlantic, a storm just broke out. Wind, uh, just, wind was howling. 
lightning was peeling, the winds were just, just swashing them, and he was absolutely terrified. He was a man of God. He went to the famous world-renowned Oxford University, became, actually was going, I believe, maybe working on his master's degree, and uh, there were other people on the ship. They were terrified. The other English were on the, were on the ship. They were terrified. They were so scared uh, uh, for their life, for the fear of their life. But then this young man noticed another group of people uh, called the Moravians. Say Moravians, all right? The Moravians. They were German. They're from German descent. And it's, a very, it's one of the oldest Protestant denominations in the Christian faith, all right? The Moravians. And he noticed, he looked at them closely, and he said, they must be tripping. That's my old, that's my new relevant way of saying it, all right? They didn't say it like that in 1736. He said, they must be tripping because these folks are not fearful. And they're, be, they're, they're in the same storm, they're in the same boat as everyone else, but something is different about these Morav- Moravians because they ain't tripping, they ain't squ- scared, they ain't sweating. So he looked at them, and then he looked at the rest of the English on the boat, and he said, my English contemporaries are tripping, okay? But what is inside of these people? He went and asked them, he said, aren't you afraid for your life? They said, no. In fact, what they were doing, the Moravians, they were actually singing. They were singing, Hosanna. That's the best I can do, all right? They're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, in the, in the middle of the storm. They weren't afraid. They weren't tripping. And then the young man on the boat looked at the women in the boat and the children in the boat, the Moravian women and the Moravian children. And they weren't tripping either. They were singing, Hosanna, as well. And it, this man was like, what is going on? I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm a learning man from Oxford. There's something inside of you that's not inside of me. What what is it? Oh, come on, something, somebody. There's something inside of you that's not inside of me. What is it? And they replied, we're not afraid to die because we know who we are. And we know that no matter where we go and what we deal with, no matter what storm we're going to face, no matter what storm we're in, we know that the Almighty is with us and nothing can separate us from his love. It got so bad, the storm, that it actually broke the, ma- the main uh, sail in the ship and actually water swept into the decks but they were still unafraid. I'm here to talk to someone that's going through a trial in the name of Jesus. I'm here to talk to someone who's going through a storm, who's going through a test. Anyone going through a storm or a test in their life, you don't have to raise your hand, but if you're bold enough, you can. No, but that's okay, all right? All right, if you're going through a trial or a test, let me tell you, God will be with you in your boat in the middle of your trials. And let me tell you something, like all Christians do, we do pray our trials away. We do pray our, God, take this away. But let me tell you, if it doesn't go away, let this be your new prayer. God, you're not taking this away. So if you're not taking this away, change me in the middle of my trial. Come on, somebody. That's real good. Change me in the middle of my trial. God, tamper me to be the man that you called me to be. God, tamper me to be the husband that you called me to be. God, tamper me to be the Christian in the name of Jesus that you called to be. Holy Spirit, do your thing in me in this season of my life. The Moravians understood that, and they knew that they were going to make it. To the other side. Come on, somebody. You out there. They knew that God was with them. They didn't question it because they, they, had, they had firm faith. This young man was so touched by their act, just a simple act. That's why you never know who you will touch when you're, when you're a believer, when you show your faith on display without even using words. 
your kindness, your gentleness, your love, your, 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 your firmness in the faith. You can be in the middle of Albertsons and you don't have to say anything. Someone's going to say, there's something inside of you. Let me tell you actually a story. I remember when the pandemic hit, the first week it hit, my, my wife and I, we needed uh, wipes for my daughter. We needed wipes and we needed something else. I went to five stores. I went to three Trader Joe's. I went to, to Smart and Final and I cruised the aisles. They were empty. And in fact, I went to Target Azusa because that was one of the five stores. And I remember the one dude got the last wipey. And I looked at him and I was like, bro, I, no, I'm just <laughs> I looked at him and I just said, bro, don't even, I'm, I told him I'm not tripping. I'm not, and I didn't say it at the time because I have something inside of me. I know God's going to take care of me. I don't need a trip like the rest of the world. I don't need to be like everyone else in society and in culture or on the ship. I know that God is with me. I want to let you know that this morning, if you're walking through a trial, if you're waiting on God for something, God will come through. And if your situation does not change, and if God doesn't change your situation, may God change you in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody, you out there. May God, you guys get God to give God a better clap, not me. God, a better clap than that. May God change you for your trial. May God, I don't, I'm tired of weak Christianity. I hate to offend somebody, but I'm tired of it. And maybe we are in the place we are today in the church because we're not teaching people sustenance. We're not teaching people scripture. We're not teaching people how to be equipped in the name of Jesus. The Bible does say you will go through trial and tribulation, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. There's nothing the world going to do to you that I can't handle. Nothing can stand up against me, not even Satan himself, no governor no emperor, no, no president, no law is going to stand up to me in the name of Jesus. So God, if you don't change my situation, change me. Come on, somebody. Anyone in that boat today? Come on, you out there. So this young man, he was so changed. He was so touched. This young man, was, is, his name is John Wesley. And if you know anything about theology and you know anything about church history, this young man went to change and impact the world, impact America. In fact, he was on this boat to go preach. Not like, don't let, don't let the news and don't let, you know, certain things swash. He went to go preach to the Native Americans, to, to, to witness to them. All right? But on that journey, God changed him through this storm. I know that we don't want to go through storms and trials in our life. But let me tell you, there's something about it that God does something to us in it and makes us who are called to be in the name of Jesus. It makes me just realize about the person of Jesus who in the very garden of Gethsemane said, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. You know how many times he did that? He did that three times. The Bible says in Matthew, I used to think it was just one. Like he said the prayer and it was because he's God. No, he was, he was sweating blood. He was going through a trial. He didn't want to carry the cross. He said, Father, not my will. That is the that is the epitome of the Christian life. And Father, not my will, but thy will be done. God, I don't even own my life. You've given me life. God, every blessing I have is perfectly from above. God, not my will, but thy will be done. God, not my will in this church, but thy will be done in this church. Not my will in my family, but thy will. And let me tell somebody this morning, if you're watching online, the best place to be, the safest place to be, the most joyful place to be, the happiest place to be is is in the center of God's will. Not your will. Not your will. I haven't even got to the text yet. Not your will. And I, I, it makes me a little upset, and I feel like God's, the Holy Spirit is just, because I feel like Christians are not 
where they ought to be in the name of Jesus. And I want you to know that at the Calling Church, let me tell you, we believe in the authority of Scripture. We are believe, we're not going to tweak it. We're not going to rip a page out because they don't agree with my culture or agree with my style, okay, or agree with whatever. We believe in the authority of Scripture. Tradition is there too, but it's way down here. Some, some denominations in the Christian faith put tradition way up here, homie. It ain't about your tradition. It's about what God said, and that's way up here. Come on, somebody, in the name of Jesus, all right? Because traditions change. Traditions change. It's like culture. It comes and goes. All right? The safest place to be, if you're asking God and you're praying the, for plan, the God's plans in your life, is in God, thy will be done, not my will. But that's the Christian faith. Sometimes you don't agree with God's will. But let me tell you, you know what's the right way. You know what's the right thing to do in the name of Jesus. This young man's name was Charles, uh, John Wesley, transformed the world and started the Methodist church which is still going on today, it has some issues just like every church and every denomination, but hundreds of years, literally over 200 years later, it's still, if my calculation was over 215 years later, the church is still moving forward because of one man's faith. Don't ever, dis, uh, don't ever um, allow doubt uh, to seep in and steal what God is telling you to do in faith. Come on, somebody, in Jesus' name. So why this passage why this passage? I'm going to be honest and real with you because that's how I preach, and that's who I am. I said it last week. I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I am going through a trial right now. That's, not, that's for me to know and for you to find out. No, I'm just kidding. Right. I'm going through some stuff today, and it's tough in the ministry, but this is why I think that it, uh, it is impo- it's, it's important to equip Christians. You know what they do in, in, in the Foursquare Church or denomination where I graduated from? Um, they actually call, when you get your licensing and your ordination, they call it your appointment. Say appointment. They call it your appointment. I want to let you know that your anointing has an appointment. Your anointing has an assignment. You know why I feel like Christians, people struggle in their, part of the reason, not all the reason, but part of the reason we struggle in our faith is because Christians' reality, Christians' reality doesn't meet their expectations. You know, God, you're not following my plan? Well, I'm not happy right now. <laughs> this is not about me and what I want in, in my life. No, it's not. A lot of times, that's where we struggle, and that's why we need, as a church, to equip the body with Scripture, with good teaching, with do- sound doctrine, with good theology, with the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody, in the name of Jesus. I don't want no airbag illustrations. I don't want to equip people to fail. If you come to the calling church, we're going to stand on God's Word. We're going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. We're going to be praying like never before, so we can move forward in God's anointing. Let me get back to the scripture here in Acts chapter 5. What's going on? What's happening? What's the lowdown? Okay. What's happening here in Acts chapter 5 is Peter, John, and the disciples, they're preaching. They're preaching in Solomon's colonnade. They're preaching in the temple or Solomon's portico. In fact, Paul later on would always, where would he start preaching and teaching? He would always start with the synagogues. He would always start with the synagogues. And then in the Greek uh, Macedonia, he would also go to Mars Hill and where other people had other schools of thought or thinkers were, and he would teach there. It always started there. So the disciples were teaching here, except, watch this, you know that Satan tried, he doesn't, obviously is opposed to the plans of God. He's trying to squash the early church, and he puts jealousy inside of the Sadducees. Say Sadducees. It's the Sadducees or a sect of the Pharisees. And they're jealous that this movement is growing. This movement is gaining momentum. This movement is growing. Uh, there's more being added. So they get upset and they throw him to jail. All right? And the very night that they're thrown into jail, 
Watch this. And the angel says, get back out there and continue to teach. So they get back out in Solomon's colonnade and they're continuing to cheat, teach. And the next day, the, the guards go back to get them, to try them in their, in their court, in the Sanhedrin court. Well, he learns that they're not there. They're not there, and to their amazement, they're outside teaching again. Come on, you cannot stop what God is behind. You can try all you want, devil. You can discourage me. You can try to put me down, culture. You can make me feel unpopular or uncool, but you will never stop God in the name of Jesus. I don't care how many you are. One plus God is the majority in Jesus' name. Nothing's going to stop God's plan or God's will in, 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 the, in, the, in the universe or creation or in our lives if we're behind it. So they're out there teaching. They get so upset, they get them again. And now the, the, the Sanhedrin court is already convened. So they're trying them. And they're, telling, they're basically telling them, you're trying to make us guilty of Jesus' blood. All right? You, 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 uh, you ought not to be doing this. We told you not to be doing this. And as they're talking, uh, Gamaliel, say Gamaliel. Gamaliel stands up and he says, take the men outside. I want to talk to you, brothers, uh, uh, about what's happening. Gamaliel is the grandson of Hillel, one of the most famous teachers of, Jewish, of the Jewish schools back then. Now Gamaliel is a leader also among uh, the, the, uh, his contemporaries, all right? And he stands up and he gives them some sound wisdom, some sound wisdom, all right? And he says, watch this. There have been other people, and, this, and some of these, th- he said, there's Theodos. We don't have no record in history of Theodos. We do have record of Judas, the actual historian Josephus actually wrote about, uh, about Judas, not the one who betrayed uh, Jesus. This is a different Judas. There are many Judases. But this is actually in recorded history. He said, these leaders came up and arose and opposed uh, uh, the Romans. And watch this. Uh, their leader was killed and their followers were divided and scattered is the word they use. And he says this, in the present case, watch this, Jesus is already dead. And it's almost as if he's saying, maybe I might be kind of taking liberty, but it's almost as if he's saying, this too, watch it, it's going to be squashed out because the leader is gone. Little does Gamaliel know that Jesus rose from the dead and is appearing to people and miracles are happening. That's why the church is growing. People are being healed. People are being taught. People are being loved. The church is growing in the name of, let me tell you about the church growing. Watch this. It's not just the name of a church because we, we we like to we we what we, we humans like to do, do this today we wrap around our we wrap our arms around a church and say god this is mine make this grow do it my way let me tell you i'm not about that i'm not about do jesus christ do it your way you called me i'm obedient to you and i'm looking for you to do it your way and it's not the name of my church it's not my name it's not the building it's not a program it's the name of jesus that's going to grow the church come on it's going to be the holy spirit and watch this the Holy Spirit is orchestrating all of these things. He's orchestrating all of these things. And, and, and Gamaliel says this to them. He says this, which is so wise. He says, if this, if this is of human origin, let me read it. My, the fans are blowing my Bible everywhere. He says this, if, for if their purpose, in the Greek purpose means plans or activity, in the Greek activity means work, all right, is of human origin, it will not be able, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. Have you ever fought against God before? Don't, don't, don't act like you're perfect, okay? <laughs> I've fought against God before. Have you ever fought against God? You will not win. Fighting against God looks like a person on the run. 
Ignoring the, the sweet voice within inside of them that says, son, come home. Fighting God looks like the woman on the run. Says, I'm not good enough for you. I fail time and again. I'm hurt. But there's a voice that says, I love you anyway. Come home. Fighting, again, fighting God looks like a person who has an anointing and a gift that says, I'm going to choose a different career path because of my trauma in the past or because of whatever's happened in my life. When you know all of all, you know, you know that you know that God is calling you to do this certain task or thing. Fighting God looks like loving sin more than Jesus. But Jesus wants you to know that, uh, that he loves you more than your sin. And when you get to the place that you love him more than your sin, you're going to put that, that sin, that, that stronghold behind you in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you, uh, you don't want to fight God. You know what it says in Acts chapter 22 about Paul the Apostle? We don't hear about this episode in other chapters, but or actually in Acts chapter 9 where God reveals himself to Paul. Paul. We, we learn this on Acts chapter 22 when he's being tried. And when he's being tried, he says this about God. He says he got, Jesus revealed himself to him. And, he, and that Jesus told Paul this. He says, Paul, Saul, excuse me, Saul, Saul, stop. Um, he says, why do you persecute me? Watch this. He says, don't you know it's hard to fight against the goats? One translation says, you're only hurting yourself when you're not following your calling. Come on, somebody. Don't fight against God. It won't work. And you'll be, fe- you'll be feeling left with regret and pain and, and discouragement and disappointment. Don't fight God. And let me tell you someone right now. Let me share an illustration or just share this with you. I know someone who fought God most of my life. Man had problems. Man had struggles. Man went to drugs. Man was with women, tattoos, gangs, and all the bit. That man was my dad. He struggled and he fought God all the time because in his eyes, he never thought he was good enough. All of his struggles and all of his wounds got the best of him. Let me tell you, Jesus doesn't want your wounds to get the best of you. Jesus wants to heal you because he has an abundant life for you. He has a life of purpose. He has a life of hope. He has a life of joy even amidst the struggles of life and the storms of life. God wants to give this to you in the name of Jesus. But that's why Christians, a babe Christian, so to speak, get upset because sometimes the reality doesn't look like uh, match up with their expectations. We will go through trials and tribulations. But watch this. My father fought God most of his life, did drugs. He did drugs because he didn't want to deal with the pain. When Jesus, uh, Jesus is a healer of pain. Someone, I don't want someone in my church to be fighting God. I want you to give in to God. I want you to be on the path and the purpose that he's called you to be on. Let me tell you, just think, think I had a deep discussion with my friend the other day. He came over and I said, think about this. One thought, just think about, because I'm a thinker. I love theology. Just think about this. Do you know that consciousness because I don't believe in the theology of annihilation. I believe that when you die, your consciousness is going to be forever. That's, a, that's biblical, forever, whether it's in the good place or the bad place. Your consciousness will never cease to exist. Think about that. That's special. Think about that. You were born for a reason, with a destiny, with a purpose, with intention, with gifts, with a personality. That was meant for something, not for nothing. So let's use it for the kingdom of God. Let's use it for what God's will is in our life. Come on, somebody, you out there, you're not an accident. You have purpose. But a lot of times, like my father, we fight God. So we give in to the wounds. My dad drank. My dad did drugs. I see my dad overdose many times and even myself having to try to resuscitate him. Yet on Friday, he would have been 52 years old. 52 years old. Died when he was 40. Don't let the wounds get the best of you. My dad fought God most of his life and, and until, he received, until he got cancer. 
he finally turned to God. And he said, Michael, man, I've missed out on so many blessings in my life. I've missed out on so many things. Man, my family, I missed out on that on most of my life. These are blessings that, are, that money can never buy. These are beyond a price tag. Michael, there's a joy that I have in Jesus despite having cancer. Come on, somebody. God wants to give this to you in the name of Jesus. So no matter what storm you're in, God is in your boat. God is for you. And if he's in it, it will succeed. And if he's in it, it will succeed. Come on, someone, you out there in the name of Jesus. Watch this point. I love exegesis and studying my Bible. Notice who's saying these words in Acts chapter 5. He's saying, if it's of human origin, it will fail. But if it's of God, you, you, it will succeed. It will, you will only be fighting God. Guess who's saying this in the text? The disciples are not even in the same room. You know who's saying this? The Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin. This gives cause to make us realize that they're not questioning God. They're not questioning God. Watch this, because they know that God is with them even in the storm. They know that God is with them no matter what they're going through, the things they're going through. An angel just released them out of prison, right? Healings are happening. Miracles are happening in the middle of their trial, okay? Okay? I think oftentimes, here's my point. I don't want you to doubt in the dark what God has spoken to you in the light. Don't doubt in the dark what God has spoken to you in the light. They knew that they were being persecuted. They knew that they were going through trials and tribulations, but God was on their side. Let me tell you right now, you will go through trials and tribulations. You will face things in life, but watch this. God is with you, and when we go through those dark times, we don't need to start doubting. We don't need to give in to our humanity and and start questioning. We can't, and let me tell you, God can handle questions. He can, and he'll be by your side through them. He wants to love you through them, but watch this. God doesn't want you to get the doubts, your doubts, your doubts to get the best of you and to stop moving forward in your calling. Come on, someone. Is anyone out there today? Don't doubt in the dark what God spoke to you in the light. Are you going through a storm? Are you in a ship in the middle of the Atlantic? Are you going through a family issue? Are you going through a drug issue? Are you going through a stronghold? Are you going through something in your life and you're wondering, God, do you have something on the other side of it? God, am I going to get to the other side? I'm here to tell you this morning, you will succeed. If God is in it, it will succeed in the name of Jesus. Come on, someone. We We have to utilize our faith, feed our faith. And doubt our doubts in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. I pray that it blessed you. It's so vital to do life together. That's why I would love to invite you to the Calling Church. Bring a friend. We will love to meet you. Also, stay connected to our church via our website, the Calling Church app, or our social media. God bless you.